Hey everybody, I'm Rob McMichael, along with Tim Whitaker and Jordan Renault. This is our podcast, Coffee, Theology, and Jesus. Our purpose for this podcast is to discuss this messy, difficult, and amazing thing we call the Christian faith. As Christians, we are encouraged and challenged constantly to see what the Bible teaches us about who Jesus was and how he lived, and how we can better represent him and his message every day. Join us each episode as we explore how this relationship with Jesus affects everything from politics and religion to relationships and theology. Now that you know a little bit more about us, let's get into the episode for this week. Welcome, everyone, to the Coffee, Theology, and Jesus podcast. I am one of the hosts, Tim Whitaker, joined here by my other awesome hosts, Jordan Renault and Rob McMichael. What's going on, guys? Hey. Oh, we're having a good time here, Timmy. There you are, Rob. I was afraid you dropped off already. It would, it would have been a very bad start to our my energetic welcoming and then just falls off the cliff with nothing. So <laughs> just crickets. Yeah, literally. I was getting worried for a split second, but I'm glad you're there. So as yeah. always, Jordan is in Seattle and Rob is in North Carolina. So Georgia? Are you in Georgia? Alabama? No. Somewhere no. south. It's North Carolina. Okay. Somewhere south. <laughs> Rob, have you gained a ton of weight because of all of the food down there, of all the fried fast food? No, I've lost weight because I'm on a diet. Are you? Yeah. When Sarah and I drove down to South Carolina, we were shocked at how many billboards there were for food, for fast food in particular. I feel like there are way more fast food joints and like fried chicken, fried food joints than there are in the Northeast. Is that correct? Rob. Rob. Did we lose Rob? Sorry. I'm back. It, okay. It froze. I'm turning my video off to make sure I'm not using all my data bandwidth. We were just podcasting, or we, we were just talking with no problem for the past 15 minutes over, over Skype, and now all of a sudden <laughs> when we hit record, it's a problem. Also, might I add, Rob, that the picture of like your profile pic on Skype is a much more attractive version of you than what is currently <laughs> happening now. In a suit? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's because that was yeah. like... Six years ago. Oh. Seven years ago. How things change. <laughs> Man, I got two kids. I know. It's crazy. Um, anyway, so Rob, back to my original very important question. Are there a lot more fast food places than there are in the Northeast? Uh, Variety-wise, I would think so. Like Jack in the Box and Hardee's everywhere and Bojangles and KFC and now, I, I think there's more variety, yeah. I've had Bojangles. It's very delicious. I'm not going to lie. See, that's the problem with all those places is that they're all very good, but there's so many of them. I couldn't believe driving down 95 how many advertisements there are for fast food. It was unbelievable. Yep. Well, I'm glad you're really into this conversation, Rob, and our podcast is off to a tremendous start. Listen, I'm on a diet, so I don't want to talk about fast food. Fine. We won't. Why don't we just move on to better things? Are you cool with that, Rob? 
I'm totally cool with that. Listen, let's talk about a very important subject, my favorite subject possibly of all time, the Babylon Bee, one of my favorite trusted news sources, period. I don't know if you guys know this, but they just released an actual book called How to Be the Perfect Christian. It's 100% serious too it's hilarious and it's worth it (laughs) i've also noticed though that the babylon b has been stepping up their level of savagery when it comes to certain people (laughs) have you noticed that 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 is true yeah uh in particular when it came when it comes to planned parenthood they they (laughs) they hold back nothing i mean nothing for instance one of the articles i read i'm pulling it up right now um oh where is it hold on i have a screenshot it. let me find it on my phone it was about Bill Cosby, the Bill Cosby one. It The headline read, Planned Parenthood defends Bill Cosby. Sexual assault is only 3% of what he does. Wow. <laughs> Savage. Yeah, it, it's the, 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 the level of ownage that they're putting out right now is just tremendous. It's amazing. I mean, even right now, I'm on their, their main site. Um it's it's just everything about it is is fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, so I wanted to share that because their book is out. It's, it came out uh, May 1st, so a couple of days ago, and it's everywhere books are sold. I can't wait to buy my copy. It's hilarious. That's what I got for. I just, I just like Blondie. to see that they're finally breaking away from satire with this with this new book into ultimate truth yeah absolutely right (laughs) i skimmed through real real teaching i skimmed through the first chapter and the first chapter was all about finding the right church and it was pretty much all about Uh how to find churches that cater to your needs and not anything else because that's what real (laughs) church is it's it's very well written so i'm excited but so listen everyone for tuning in i appreciate you guys listening we have a pretty interesting show we're going to try a new format for these podcasts so we're going to make these the actual episodes a little bit shorter, about 30 minutes apiece, which we think might be better for everyone who listens and also for for, uh, for us who make the show. And we're going to end up splitting this episode, really one discussion will be in two parts, which I think will be, I think it would be pretty cool. I'm excited to try something new. So tonight we wanted to talk about social media and the impact it has um, on really our culture and uh, on our generation as a whole. Rob, I know you sent us an article about that. Do you want to share anything that, that you read in that article? Tim and I and Jordan, we've all been talking about social media over the past. I this conversation has been going on for a while, ever since we are really blogging and, and its impact on us. But as, as we grow more into the social media age, I think we're now starting to reap some of the repercussions of having a generation that just plunged headfirst into social media and without us really knowing what the consequences were going to be. And now we're starting to see some of those consequences. Um, but I, I recently read an, uh, an article from NPR, actually, and the title is just Americans are a lonely lot and young people bear the heaviest burden. And it just goes into some of the studies from UCLA um, and from other nationwide surveys of just the loneliness of people. And we would think, uh, you know what? We're actually the most connected. We have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have Snapchat, we have Twitter, all of these media outlets and social media that are really, quote-unquote, connecting us. 
But I think we've seen lately how social media is breaking down, um, how there's a lot of things hidden inside of it that people just didn't intuitively know, even though they should have, like the whole um, Cambridge Analytica thing um, of people's personal information being sold. And it's like, well, hello, you weren't paying for this service. How do you think you were getting that service? It obviously wasn't free. You are what's being sold. But aside from that, just what is the what are the consequences now we're seeing on from social media consumption? And I think loneliness is one of those factors that we're looking at now because the the age brackets that we would think are the most well connected, they're the most social are actually by statistics are classified as the most lonely. Um, and I, I can't help but think that that's really hand in hand with social media consumption. The, the article states that members of Generation Z, which those are the ones born in the mid 90s to the early 2000s, had an overall loneliness score of 48.3. Millennials, which is our generation, scored 45.3. Baby boomers were 42.4. And the greatest generation, people of like age 72 and above, had a score of 38.6 on a loneliness scale. So as we can see, these are obviously people as you get closer to Generation Z that have had more exposure. Their entire lives really have been built around social media. And it's creating an entire society that's really disconnected instead of being connected that social media sells us all. Isn't that ironic, though, that you would think because we are technically more digitally connected than ever that we would be um, less lonely? But in fact, I think – I well, not I think, but we know the opposite is true that people in our generation and who are behind us are actually lonelier than the generation who is less connected um, – digitally speaking, which I think is very interesting. I think one of those reasons is because it's very easy to compare your life to someone else's on social media and kind of create the illusion of the life that, that, that you always wanted but never had. I mean, I've fallen into that trap with musicians on my Instagram or on my, my Facebook where I'll just scroll through these people who are living the life that I've wanted or that I, or that, that I think I want, and it's easy to feel lonely or that I'm, I'm not as fulfilled because I'm not living the life that I see on that screen. So you're talking about like wrong expectations for what is going on in your life? Yeah, I think so for sure. I it's it's easy, you know, the the social media in particular particularly speaking Instagram mainly and then Facebook I think are really just the highlight reel of your life in a lot of ways. They show the moments that you want people to see. So people who post whatever it is want you to see what they're doing, which means that it's usually something that's fun or exciting or new or, you know, is out with the family or on tour or whatever it could be, um, and it, that can make you really feel like, well, my life is so inadequate because whenever I see this person's posts, they're always doing something that I think that I want to do. And so what happens is um, is that in I think in anyone's head, you can think that that all the person that you're watching, that I think you can, if you follow someone on Instagram that you like and all you see is them doing what they love to do, you just assume that's their whole life, that they never yeah. do anything else other than 
what it is they're doing on Instagram, which we all know is not true because there are 24 hours in a day and they're not posting every 10 minutes on what they're doing. But social media highlights those parts of their life that you want. And so it can very easily make you feel inadequate. Yeah, it's interesting to kind of see some like almost behind the scenes on that. And not that I know anyone that's like real big on Instagram or anything, but just learning more about how people do that and how it's run and different things. It's it's a lot of like, you know, you do one thing for a little while at a time and you take a lot of pictures and take a lot of video and you post that video for the next six months. <laughs> and then that's what people are seeing is like, you know, that little snippet of time when you were doing something awesome. But I agree with you. I think it definitely idealizes what people's lives are supposed to be. Um, and then when you see that and you don't measure up to that or you're not doing that all the time, you kind of feel like, what am I doing with my life? Well, you know what it, you know what it really is in a lot of ways? It's the digital version of keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. You know, we, we grew up with the, like the, you know, I think my parents' generation grew up with comparing themselves to their neighbor with the new car or the big house. But we are growing up comparing ourselves to people that we don't even know personally and think that we want what they want or um, or want what they have. But like you said, Jordan, it's not, it's really an illusion. I mean, social media in a lot of ways is really an illusion about who you think you want people to see you as. So if I wanted to be seen as, as this person, I can make that happen in this reality. Yeah. Even for me, like, I mean, I'm on Instagram and, and we live in uh, the Pacific Northwest, which is awesome. And, you know, it's beautiful and there's mountains and everything. And we go out, I don't know, once a week, maybe, <laughs> if that, if it's not pouring rain, you know, nine months out of the year, like it is, um, <laughs> you know, and we take pictures and I'll post pictures that I took months ago and, and whatnot. Um, and it's funny because you're right. I mean, you put that, that face forward on there and it's definitely not the reality of what is going on. And I think that kind of hits at um, sort of the, the big aspect of social media that feeds into this what rob's talking about with the loneliness and what you're talking about with like wrong expectations um is just that it's not real you know it's kind of like the new reality television almost you know in the early 2000s reality television was all the rage until people um figured out how fake it really was you know it's it's scripted there's producers and all this going on and that's kind of what happens with social media to a certain extent too, even if they're um, producing it themselves. But I think that loneliness piece of it comes back to like people building relationships um, through social media and through Facebook and different things, and then not spending any time or pouring into relationships like in real life, you know? Yeah. I mean, I Absolutely, especially because think about all the times, and I, you guys both know I've been guilty of this, where you're with friends, but you're really somewhere else mentally. You're thinking about about a friend who's not with you or something on Instagram that isn't where you are. I, the ADD culture that we are in, social media really um, 
it really magnifies that because you want to be everywhere, everywhere but where you are right now. So if I'm here, I want to be somewhere else. And when it comes to loneliness, I think it, it can go a couple of different ways. One big way is when you see your friends hanging out and you weren't invited or you, you take it personally where, oh, well, why wasn't I invited to whatever they're doing? I think that's a big source of it too because – you just, you know, you see what, what you think is happening and then you make up your own narrative in your head. And like you said, Jordan, the other side of that loneliness coin for sure is people make what they think are friends or they, they get a hundred likes on their photo and they think that, oh, people like me, but really it's just someone hitting a like. We're just, our mind interprets it as significance, but it's not really at all significant. In the long run, it really means nothing. Um, I, yeah. We've all had many people over the years like our stuff but at the end of the day, I wouldn't call them my friends. They weren't there in my time of need. I wasn't there. I wasn't there in their time of need either. Um, but it's like it, it's really an illusion of closeness and intimacy and community when really it's just a digital facade. It's it's like a mirage, you know. Uh, when you get close right. to it, it's not. It's never really there. It's always it's always one step ahead of you. It's the same thing with social media. Yeah, I feel yeah. like. Oh, go ahead, Rob. I, and to to kind of touch on what you said is uh, Tim, it's the the keeping up with the Joneses. I was reading, I think it was Dave Ramsey released some study that he that his group did, and it was like forty percent of millennials have admitted to going into debt to keep up with their friends, and Ooh. that's just perpetuated by you know. Uh, how many of your friends have posted, I went on vacation, look at these beautiful sunset pictures, uh, I got this new car, uh, we're at this fancy restaurant. And so, I mean, it, it's happened to me. It's like, oh, man, what am I doing wrong in my life that I can't afford right. to go to Hawaii and, and have a new car and, and do all of that? Yes. And so it, it's it's really progressed that debt mentality, too, to just keep up the illusion, to keep up the facade and in the end we know how detrimental uh, uh, money issues can be for friendships for relationships for marriages and so it it only helps to increase i can't say helps but it increases that that loneliness at the end of the day it's funny you say that because I've always, for a long time, I would wonder, how is this person always on vacation? How is this person going there with that job? Then I realized, oh, it was bought on debt. It was, it's bought on <laughs> debt. And it, it's, it's like you said, Rob, it's easy to post those pictures on social media and for me to feel like, what am I doing wrong? I, what am I missing out on? How, come, how can I not get this kind of time off or afford whatever it is? And you're right. It's an illusion. It's, it's bought on debt to give the illusion of success when in reality the opposite is true they're actually more enslaved you know dave ramsey always says do you do you own the car or does the car own you and that's that's the thing is that our stuff owns us because we ha- we feel like we have to keep up and be relevant on social media uh just to feel like we're in the loop or that we're relevant i would say maybe about Maybe last month or two months ago when I was going through that anxiety stuff, I, I took a lot of time off of social media. And it was actually really great to be disconnected from that world and out of it because I didn't I didn't realize how much headspace I was giving Instagram and Facebook in my life for nothing. I mean, how many 
how, how many hours have any of us spent scrolling through Facebook aimlessly in bed for nothing? And you look at it and you think, I just gave an hour of my life or a half hour or 45 minutes to this program. I learned nothing. I saw nothing. It's just junk food for the brain. It's amazing how, how harmful this stuff can be, especially with how much we consume it uh, in our culture. Yeah, I think that uh, that whole keeping up with the Joneses thing comes in when it's like actually the numbers that you're looking at, too, because everyone's looking at, you know, I have this many followers or I have this many friends, quote unquote, because <laughs> that's kind of the point is that they're not really friends um, or many of them are, but they're not your friends because they've accepted your, you know, connection on Facebook. Right. Um, and that's what it comes back to is like that's such I think about like the conversations that we have just as two people face to face and just how, you know, the very most surface level we could be in that conversation, you know, talking about the weather or something stupid. And you think about like small talk kind of things. And I feel like that's what Facebook kind of is because it's like the most shallow and the most uh, superficial that you could be in an interaction with another human being. And that's really all it is. And, and yeah, you could get into, I mean, certainly on there's situations where you could, you know, go deeper than that in a conversation on Facebook or, um, in a message or something like that. But it's, it's so often what we gauge our, the quality of our friendships or the quality of our, our circle of friends, um, in the digital world is just those numbers. You know, it's, it's how many yeah. likes I got. It's how many friends I have, um, how many people looked at this. And that's, that's so surface. It's like surface beyond even a conversation like that. That's not even like conversation level stuff. Like talking about the weather is deeper than that. Well, think about this um, too. How many of us count our actual friends? Yeah, I never tell Sarah no. I have thirty friends in my life. I never do that. <laughs> but on Facebook right. or Instagram, I'm all about, I'm all about that. I'm all about how many likes I have or how many followers I have. It's it, those words are buzzwords to trick our brain into thinking that we have a following when we really don't. Yeah, it's like how you judge the quality or how you judge the. Uh, um, I don't know how you like quantify results and like how your friends friendship is doing or how your how your uh you know the whole sphere of your influence or whatever it is whatever you want to call it like how that's doing you know and that's what comes back to that loneliness piece is like when you're judging it based on all those super superficial things um it's it's not that quality is not there at all yeah uh, and so when you're looking for what is actually fulfilling and what is actually um, whatever you would say would be the opposite of loneliness, um, you know, companionship or uh, relationship with people that's not there in that at all. Yeah. And because we spend so much time investing in that and not at the same time investing in the people around us in a real way. And even if we maybe try, those people are doing the same thing, you know, they're on Facebook or whatever. Um, you know, I think about just the the people I know that are kind of in that next generation, um, and I work with a lot of them at Starbucks too. Just people that are you know six eight years younger than me, uh, not in high school anymore, um, and they do like so much of their time is spent on Snapchat and Instagram. It was kind of funny because 
So I commented something about Facebook one day, and they were like, "Oh, Facebook, that's so old." Isn't that, <laughs> isn't like, that so weird? So many teenagers right? are coming to where I work. Same thing. They don't use Facebook. They use Snapchat and Instagram. I don't understand right. Snapchat. I don't want to understand Snapchat. I feel like for anyone married, it's a it's a danger zone waiting to happen. Personally, but it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, all the all of those kids use that, but they're they're so addicted to the phone. I. Sarah and I were um, we were getting ice cream somewhere, and a, a, a mom and like three kids walk in. All three kids are on their own phone, walking with the phone in hand, looking at the phone, not even looking up and enjoying reality. They're so sucked into the freaking phone. And <laughs> I, I mean, I've definitely done that before for a hundred percent. I'm not by no means am I saying that uh, you know I'm not guilty, but I'm kind of waking up a little bit to to realize like how much. How much of my attention, my phone and social media in particular, commands of me, and I miss out on the actual reality so often because I'm looking for a notification or a message or a like that even if I got won't fulfill whatever itch I'm trying to scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, you got anything? Are you still there? I am still here. Oh, good. I was getting worried. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so i mean i i guess we're we're kind of narrowing down into the individual now and we're seeing the effects as a society but now we're looking at really the the effects on each individual and i think social media definitely affects every person differently some people have more of that addictive personality or narcissistic tendencies where i want everybody to see me i want everybody to be jealous of what I'm doing, but I mean, obviously we can't say everyone fits into that mold. Um, but it definitely has effects on every person. And I think now we're just starting to see as a society what those effects are. But I think that that's a good place to transition. Okay. That's great. We see the effect on society. We see the effect on the individual as a whole, but what, what would your guys' thoughts be as to the individual Christian? How, what are some of the things that you're seeing that social media is either having a positive impact or having a negative impact on like a Christian individual? Okay. Let me say something right off the bat, and I don't care if people don't like it. I cannot stand when people post a picture of their devotion time or of their Bible and cup of coffee and have some lame hashtag like, you know, hashtag time with God, hashtag child of the king. I, I can't. What take- if it was a really good hashtag? No, no. <laughs> it drives me nuts. I, it, that's my biggest, in my opinion, that's the biggest, that is the modern day version of the Pharisee who prays loud in the temple for everyone to hear about how great his prayer is. And God's just like, yep, he's received his reward in full. He... People saw what he did. And I don't think that most of those people are are ill-intentioned, but it just comes across so, I don't even have the right word, just showboaty. I don't want to see your perfect filter. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see your, your, you know, your journal open because, again, it paints that picture of I'm a spiritual person, a person, and it has nothing to do with that. Why do people need to see what you're doing? Why? 
you know how many people I've po- I've scrolled through or or slid through who have posted scripture verses trying to encourage me? I'm not encouraged. I forgot almost all of them. I don't know what even, I don't even know what they said. So I think people might say, "Well, I'm just trying to be you know a testimony." Uh, being a testimony is is loving your neighbor and being a good friend in reality. Not posting your selfies or your pictures of your Bible open about how good of a Christian you are because you were just you spent time in the Word with Him this morning. That drives me bonkers. It does. Rant over. I'm done. <laughs> Not even close. Um, yeah, I see what you mean. Like, I'm, and that definitely is for me a, I'd say more of an annoyance. Like, I don't know. It's almost something that I just kind of ignore and be like, ah, okay, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't really bother me to that extent that it does you. Maybe. Well, the reason why you know it bothers saying, me but... is because I think about what what are you trying to accomplish in this post? Like, what sure. are you really trying to say? And when you get through the fluff, I think what people are trying to say, even subconsciously, is look at me. I'm doing a good, holy thing. I'm a good person. I'm a good Christian. And it's just, it's, it's, meh. I mean, eh, you're not, I don't know. You're just not that important to me. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know the right words, but it just is Did very you, um Did you lump in, when you were saying before, I think I missed exactly what you said, but you said something about like posting scripture versus do you feel like that's kind of on the same, I don't know, on the same level of you as like ineffective or because you said that's not encouraging, you know, you know it's funny because because millennial Christians were so against tracks and like handing out uh, tracks because of how ineffective they are. And now we right. think that posting a scripture on our on our Instagram story is somehow more effective. I, I, I just don't think it is. I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong. Well, I'm just like, what does it accomplish? I, I don't know. Sure. I think it's a little bit different purpose. I mean, a tract, and and when you say like millennials being against tracts, I think that was specifically tracts for the purpose of sharing the gospel with sure. non-believers. And I, I would totally agree with that. That I think they are ineffective and not, you know, they kind of cut out like the main component of that, which is people, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I would say though, and 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 it. It's kind of like to each his own, and it kind of comes back to the consumer on this, not necessarily the person posting well, how they're going to take it, I guess. But, I mean, for me, it's like people posting scripture. I mean, that's still scripture. I mean, it's still, you know, maybe somebody would see that and, and be encouraged by it. Or, or, I don't know, for a lot of people, that's, you know, reading their Bible is not something that they do every yeah. day. Um, and not, and I don't mean this at all to be like, and that's how they're going to get their word for the day is, is on Facebook that, that person posting a verse, but you never know like how that could encourage someone or it could, uh, you know, seeing something in a moment when, you know, they're in a certain state of mind that they wouldn't have necessarily done otherwise. I guess, I guess my point is you know, that the word of God is the word of God. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not the same to lump that in with, uh, you know, someone posting a picture of them. Yeah, it's, it's a fair point. I posted, for the record, I posted a lot of scripture on my Facebook post in the past, and I've given sure. many sermons on Facebook. And, and I think what <laughs> I think part of what I'm saying comes from a realization of how 
no matter how good my intentions were, how ultimately in a lot of ways ineffective a lot of my intentions were. And like I said, I don't think it's wrong or sinful or bad to post a scripture verse. I just don't know what, you know, listen, will someone get in, be encouraged? Possibly for sure. I mean, I'm not saying again that it's bad. I just always wonder like what's really the point behind this and what what really is the goal? If the goal is to share scripture, then, then go for it. But if you're thinking you're, you're changing hearts or fulfilling the great commission or being a good Christian because you're sharing the Bible on, on social media, at that point, I think you're, you're a little misguided, frankly. Yeah. Well, I think you hit on something there that I think is a big uh, aspect of this is you said, if you think you're fulfilling the Great Commission, I think that's really important because um, if we're, if that's our sharing the gospel or if that's our, um, you know, outlet for what God is doing in our life is just posting on social media and not like actually going and pouring into someone's life. There, there is a problem with that. I agree with you. A hundred percent. And I, I think, I think that part is, that's where we have to be careful. I think ultimately, especially with, with the individual we're talking about, it's, we can very easily feel like, and this happens on a, on a very big scale, not just with Christians, but you can feel like you're being a good person because you shared the right link or because you told people to go here to fund this thing or you posted this scripture verse. It's a very, it's easy to fall into the trap of, of, of morality and being a good person because you did certain things on social media. But in reality, I don't think that's what really matters. I think what ultimately matters is people. All right, so that's all we have time for in this part one. If you tune in next episode for part two, we'll get a little bit more into how social media affects the Christian and then get into how social media has had an impact on the local church. So we hope to see you next time. Have a good one.